0: Good afternoon, good evening, welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host, thank you for joining me. I hope you're well, I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is great, you're doing good and all that. Um, I hope everything's fine. Today's the 23rd day of February in the year 2023 and um, yeah, it's a good day to praise the Lord. Um, You know, my reflections over these past few days and weeks has been centering and circling around this, you know, trying to understand why we are where we are as Christians, the body of Christ. Yesterday we talked about boldness and the fact that the spirit of Christ comes with a spirit of boldness and how my observation has been that I think we're more fearful as Christians now. And I don't just, where is all this coming from? Because one of the things that um, salvation in Christ deals with, first and foremost, is fear, torment, you know, those very, very fundamental things. But I believe what this is, what has happened is because we have taken our attention away from Christ, from the Word of God, and put it in other things. We've put it either in institutions, we've put it in our local church, we've put it in human beings, we've put it in our own lives, the cares of this life, the worries of this life have taken up all our mental and emotional space and even our relationship with God is just for the purposes of helping us live a better life as if everything ends here. Yeah. Wow, anyways, it doesn't even, anyway, let I me mean, not even talk about this, you know, so I think that has really had a significant impact on us. I'm um, so glad that i w- i in fact this is one of those times that i really enjoy the fact that i am as old as i am because i can remember when things were different in the body of christ i can remember when being a christian was because you were tired of living a certain kind of way you wanted you were hungering for god and you just wanted to live for him i mean in fact we talk about being arrested by the holy spirit then it was really just like and it was really like that it was like when, when we say arrested, it was like that person's life, God just takes over that person's life. In fact, when people gave their lives to Christ in those days, you could not, there was no similarity between the before and the after. Yes, they were still living in the same house. Yes, they were still, you know, maybe going to the same work, attending the same school. But in terms of their lifestyle, their mind, it was night and day. In fact, it was always, it, it was never really. The pers- um, whoever got saved it didn't have to tell people they were saved it was other people who used to spread the gospel and say oh he's, he's now born again oh he has now g- she has now given her life to christ oh she's now you know because it was such a m- remarkable departure from what used to be in the it was the transformation was very often instantaneous very often and you know what I mean? It's just like when, when people also go negative. When somebody starts moving in the wrong crowd, you, you can tell. They don't have to tell you, oh, I'm moving. Nobody comes out to say, oh, I'm now moving with the wrong crowd. You just notice their addressing changes, the way they talk changes, the things they give attention to changes, where they go changes, you know, their priorities change. It's still They're still living at the same address. They don't have to change their job. They're still attending the same school. They, they, they haven't changed their names or anything like that. But the lifestyle the mindset the relationships the priorities the value system changed when why is it that we're not seeing that kind of dramatic or even progressive transformation today all we just know is that people have started attending church or they started calling themselves something or they're now bearing some sort of label i am this i am that transformation zero as in you can't see any in fact in some cases they actually even get worse so we've really departed from our first love. And I a, I own this because I myself, I, and the funny thing, I, I mean, I myself can find myself in this because if I had continued on the path that we had started off in Christ, I don't think I'll be the kind of believer that I am right now. Because right now, I find myself having to learn things all over again. I'm relearning. And I'm unlearning. So I've learned some bad habits. And not just me. I think we as a whole church, at least in my own local environment. Again, I removed Northern Nigeria away from this. Because the Northern Nigerian Christians, I think, have stayed true to the standard that the Bible showed from the first century Christians. The Christians who, you know, the early apostles, the early church. The people who saw Jesus, witnessed him and wrote it in the New Testament Bible for us i think the church in northern nigeria has stayed there if you, if you notice that church um the body of christ in nigeria northern nigeria they're not ostentatious they are they definitely do not worship money they are all about christ very christ-centered and they will give their life nothing will make them depart from christianity in fact many of them have given their life as in they've laid down their lives for christ they as in mattered many matters in northern Nigeria, almost no matters in southern Nigeria that we know of, none. But in northern Nigeria, they, if someone was to sit down and actually write down the names of people who have been martyred for the sake of their faith, yes, we have known people who the reason for which they were killed was because of their faith in southern nigeria i can't think of one person northern nigeria i cannot think of, i can think of at least two people that i know by name in fact three that i know by name even as and that's because news um reported them i know of many incidents but i don't know by name but i know of two women and one man by name in northern nigeria who are martyred for the sake because they were christians One because she was preaching, another one because of their faith, you know, like that. And a a very popular one that she's missing today, kidnapped by terrorists and um, not released because she refused to recant on her faith, kidnapped by Islamic um, fundamentalists. So, and missing till today, we have no idea where she is. So and of course she's from northern Nigeria, and the funny thing was that when I discussed, when um, I had a conversation with a Christian from southern Nigeria on that issue, many southern Nigerian Christians couldn't understand why she couldn't recant her faith. They felt that, you know, she should just say she doesn't believe in Christ, and then, you know, they would have set her free and she'd be free today. And of of course, God knows she doesn't mean it. I I found that really interesting because it just shows not just the theological differences between Christianity in northern Nigeria or southern Nigeria, but also the depravity that has happened amongst us. Because nowhere in the Bible is it permitted for us to deny Christ out of wisdom. Oh, no, I didn't really mean it. God takes it very seriously. In fact, the Bible tells us in many places that anybody that denies him before men, that he too we he deny that same person. You when you get I mean when we get before God I, I mean I would deny Jesus here on earth. In fact the worst thing is even to deny Christ before somebody that is actually threatening to kill you because of it. I mean that you should know that that is a demonic setup. <laughs> There's only one reason this is about the eternal future, but the fact that we don't even know that as Christians that means that when if the Antichrist comes today, and he tells everybody to deny they will do it just to save their lives. What kind of Christians have we become? But I thank God for Northern Nigerian Christians. And I pray that in the election that comes up on Saturday, they show the entire nation that they exist. I pray. May God strengthen their faith, their courage, protect and guide them. That they may come out and vote with their hands, with their legs, with their feet, with their hearts, with their souls. And that they pray out of their hearts because they have paid the price of blood over these past eight years. May God compensate them. May God comfort them. May God reward their faith, their diligence, and their commitment with righteousness, peace, and justice. And show everybody that he rules in the kingdom of men and he gives it to whomsoever he wills. Because I see a lot of world leaders today, national leaders, pretending as if their breath is in their own hands. It's, 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 it's really amazing to me. In fact, my prayer this morning when I was talking to the Lord, I said, Lord, let your glory be seen. Those of us, many of us who are, that are Christians, whether your glory is seen on this earth or not, we have already seen your glory in our lives. So it doesn't change our testimony. But for the sake of the people who do not have you in their lives and are carrying on as though there is no God. As though there is nobody that we all have to answer to, as though there is no God that created this universe. Father, let your glory be seen on Saturday in the elections going on in Nigeria and in the transition process that follows and everything that goes on. Let your glory be seen on this earth, on the red soil, on this Sahara, on the desert dunes, in the coastal regions, in the creeks in the urban areas, in the rural areas, in the remote ungoverned spaces and places. Father, let your glory be seen. That nobody will have any doubt on this planet that not only that you rule in the kingdom of men, but you are the one that determines who governs them. That power belongs to you and not to any man. That king's rule is because you have allowed them to rule. That president's reign is because you've allowed them to reign. That governor's lead is because you have allowed it. Let your That's my only prayer for our elections coming up on Saturday, two days from now. Lord Jesus, let the glory of the Lord be seen. Manifest yourself, O oh Lord. Show yourself show yourself so anyways thank you father for that and I know you've heard me in Jesus name I know you've heard me so it, it it amazes me how far we have departed from the truth I remember I also had this same conversation in my bible um, seminary program where there was this conversation about if should you recant your faith you know just to save your life or to save the life of someone you love and I said to them I said there's no scriptural reference for that rather the bible takes very kindly, very unkindly to it and there were many people who were asked to recant their faith, even Jesus was asked to, of course he did not he was asked to, to he was given the opportunity to walk back the words that he had said and not only that he did not walk it back he reconfirmed it the apostles too were threatened many times to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, they said stop calling him ok, he Was yes, you know he was a very powerful man stop calling him the son of God they refused there was no time that they agreed. The three Hebrew children, when Nebuchadnezzar said they should bow down, I'm sure if it's modern day Christians, at least in southern Nigeria, they will bow, in fact, they will bow 10 times. If they told them to bow three, they will bow five times, only to save our lives. This is how precious our life has become. So what I see now, whether whether intended or unintended, in most of the mega churches in southern Nigeria, that the messages on Sunday, If you click through all of them, it is all about the cares of this life, about your job, about your house, about marriage, about children. It is all about building assets and acquisitions and thriving upon this earth, which in itself is not a bad thing. But if that is the primary focus of Christianity, then I'm sorry, there is something very wrong because we're not raising soldiers of Christ. Now, and we're not, in fact, we're not raising soldiers of Christ. And we're not even putting focus on, where focus is supposed to be we're not preaching christ christ is not about houses and lands now it's not about children either he has nothing to do with it the new testament was written by a man who was not married had no child john the baptist that jesus said of the people that were born of women there is none greater than john the baptist not married no child in fact in heaven God made it very clear to tell us that there will be no marriage in heaven yes we're on earth and there is marriage on earth and God ordained marriage on earth but i'm saying that cannot take the place of Jesus at the end of the day our primary responsibility is still to God and Jesus and everything that we are on earth is just an avenue to show for the glory of God it's not an end in itself Christ has to be at the center. Christ has to be the origin. Christ has to be the reason for it. And Christ has to be the end. The end goal. In that marriage, in that relationship, in that job, it has to be all about Christ. Otherwise, there's no point we calling ourselves Christians. And the scripture that came to me this morning as I was reflecting on all this, and the reason why I'm reflecting with so much passion is that I don't want to. You know, I I'm like at this stage if I what I'm doing, if, if anyone who sees me right now, I am live I'm living a life of authenticity before God and man. In other words, I am only going to give space and air to the things that are helpful to my journey with God. And I mean that honestly I'm doing it with single-minded focus and God even when I want to like Maybe every time I'm faltering God centers me back Why? Because I've said it before I have had 50 years on this earth I do not have another 50 years These first 50 years of my life I spent pleasing people Living the life that others had shaped for me And even I thought it was because they wanted the best for me I now realize that it was because they wanted the best for themselves So okay I have served you now for these 15 years it is now time for me to serve God and in serving God I'm actually serving myself because God has my best interest at heart he knows what I was called to be he knows who I'm supposed to be I have spent my whole life wearing the masks of other people's lives following the path that others carved for me and then still being berated It's still not good enough for them So now, allow me, because I don't have another 50 years. Either way, you have gotten the best. Well, in Jesus' name, you've not gotten the best, but you've gotten a considerable time. So let me give this, the remaining of half of my life, however long it will be, to the Lord. Because he's got my back. He's the only one that truly has my back and does not have anything to gain. Rather, he's invested in making sure that I bring out the very best version of myself that I can be so he brought this verse to mind this passage to my attention this morning this was a passage we used to sing as a song in those days and now I realize we were so focused on working with God, everything, even our songs were channeled on scripture they were purposeful they were, they were made to let us realize what had happened to us now nah, I don't, I don't know when last I had anybody sing this song or anything like this. Now this is um this is um First Peter two, verse nine. It says you are a chosen people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Called forth. Um, so no, I need to read this. A peculiar people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I was actually trying to sing the song because it's a song that, goes that way Um, we used to sing it many years ago it says we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness out of darkness out of darkness into his marvelous light into his marvelous light and you know, it, it that song we used to sing it like praise worship, starting services every. I mean, whenever we met, and it, it 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 we used to be very happy singing that song. It says we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And honestly, we were. We really were peculiar then. We were all evangelists. We used to go out and preach on our own. I remember publishing tracts, preaching in public places every one of us was on fire for God because we were raised as disciples we were raised as soldiers nobody thought about it. I mean I, I can't ever remember in those days praying for the husband I'm going to marry or how many children or any of those things that was, as in, that was not the issue the issue was Christ crucified risen on the right hand of the throne of the father reconciling humanity back to God that was all we were concerned about and living right for him worshipping him we have lost purpose, honestly. And again, like I said, this is not for Northern Nigeria. Northern Nigeria, they are still very purposeful. They are living like people who know that this life is temporary and that heaven is their home and they are here to have impact and be to be the community of God until they pass on. Northern Nigerians, they understand what Christianity is our southern nigerians of which i am a part actually i straddle both because my father is actually from northern nigeria my mother is from southern nigeria so i have both parties in me but i live in southern nigeria and i'm a part of the southern nigerian church i've hardly you know i've not lived in northern nigeria at all so i don't but i i because i have some of my family there i i follow a lot of what happens there you know i follow it really closely i have a sense of connection because of my parental links so uh, my yeah my father's my father's link so you know this verse says we are chosen we are royal because we are children of the king but he says we've been we've been um we've been called out of darkness called out you know what it is when you call somebody out if somebody's at a party and we've all done this before they're in the party, they're in the party, they're somewhere, they're in a room and they're dancing. When you call them out, there's a reason you call them out. You don't just call people out from where they are for, you know, just for just for the sake of whatever. You're actually either calling them that, like, look, we have to leave this party, I need to go. Or something has come up, I need your attention. There is something you want them to know. There is something you want them to do, which is why you call them out. You don't just call them out just like, okay, they'll just come here and just be, you know. No, 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 there's a purpose. Otherwise, you leave them where they are. So we are called out. So are we called out to be repeating what we would have been doing where we were? What was the point? You might as well have left me there. So this whole we're coming to church and praying, oh God's blessings. They are reading testimonies. All we're talking about is I got visa, I got a house, I got land. Nobody is thanking God for any spiritual deliverance. Of course, you know that people are curating testimonies because first of all, people are there are more serious problems. Sometimes we do get you know um, testimonies like okay you know i was healed those really really powerful ones and you know the, the things about children and you know I, I wasn't able to have them those are really powerful testimonies and and, and i thank god for that and I'm, and every testimony is valid because depending on what your needs are but what i'm saying is situation where we're reading testimonies and 90 percent nine out of ten if not 10 out of 10 is about material needs there's a problem there's a problem There is a problem because our church is not living purposefully. Because God said that we are are called out to proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness. And that praises cannot just be about the impact in my own life. Because God tells us in Matthew 6 that what we should be doing should be visible to the whole world, should impact the world. It should impact the earth so it cannot just be about me every time I'm giving testimonies about how God blessed me there's something wrong with that the Bible says who is it that will light a lamp and put it on the, under under a bushel?" he said you should put the light on the centerpiece that it will give illumination to the entire room so if my faith and my work with God is only blessing my life that means I have not put it up enough it's supposed to bless every many people in fact it's supposed to bless the whole world it's supposed to bless the whole earth whatever my world is whatever my earth is but what we are now being taught in southern nigeria i, I must continue to say that, so that I, I don't know i'm talking about the entire nigeria and i think depending on what part of the world you're coming from if any of this resonates you can tell whether you are like in a southern nigeria type church or another nigeria type church And the funny thing, the Southern Nigeria church is more prosperous, which just makes you understand that money is actually a snare. And the Bible talks about this. Money is a snare. Anybody that has money and you are serving God, you need to be very careful. Because the devil has been using money to entrap people for a long time and is a very successful strategy. There are two or three things he uses to um, ensnare people. It's money. It's lust of the flesh, you know, like, um, you know, desires and lust, all those like sex things and all that. And then the third one is, in fact, stimulation. I will use, you know, like fleshly stimulation, sex, alcohol, drugs, you know, those sort of things. And the third one is what I would call social um, status, you know, so lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. He's, He's used all those things successfully, but money, oh my goodness, money is money, money catches so many people. Because we need material things, so there's the so it, what starts off as a, a genuine need, then becomes an insatiable need, and then becomes an overwhelming need, and then becomes money worship, and that's what unfortunately the church in southern Nigeria has become, in my view, where the indicator for God's blessings is material blessings, is is, is material wealth. I won't even call it blessings so you find people getting money through all kinds of unethical means and then coming to church and giving testimony and nobody even cares how did this? you know it doesn't even matter how, does, how did this happen we're celebrating the financial wealth but you hardly ever had anybody say oh I gave my life to Christ I mean I, I ministered to 10 people they got saved you know um or, you know, I laid hands on people. They, they were blessed with the Holy Spirit. This uh, prison, you know, I ministered to people in the in prisons. Or these people were ill. And, you know, we laid hands on them. They were they, they got healed. We thank God and we're following up on them. You know, all those Christian ministry things you hardly ever hear. Yeah, there are the people who are still doing it in the outreach and mission, But I mean, within the general population of the church. Which is really what used to happen in, in our days. All of us did all of those things. I remember there was a crusade that um some of my friends or people um attended many years ago. I think it was reported in the papers. One of these um, I think it was Reinhard Bonker, Evangelist Crusade. And there were a lot of sick people who were brought to the crusade grounds because the miracles were happening. And there was a lot of crowd, mammoth crowd. You can imagine I mean healthcare in our part of the world horrible. So people with all kinds of diseases, both Congenital accidents, all kinds, terminal, non-terminal, all kinds, and people traveled far and wide from states, crossed hours of travel, days of travel to get to the crusade site. So, of course, not many people could get there because mean ministrations, these things take like hours. But I recall there was somebody, there were some people outside who brought somebody. I can't remember the person who was bedridden or sick or dying or something at the fringes, and they couldn't get the person forward. This happened in Nigeria. The Christians, the believers at the back of the crusade gathered around this person, prayed for this person, and the person got healed. That was the Christianity of those days. The person didn't need to get to the pulpit. And and the the funny thing was that the believers had the faith that they could do it. Today, nobody will do that. Everybody will be rushing to go and get them to that one person in the front, who is the only person that can. (laughs) Whereas the Bible says, This science shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall do, cast out demons. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they recover. But where they shall speak with new tongues. Where where the only thing we've picked out of all of that is speak with new tongues, cast out devils. No, no 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 no. But in those days these were things we, because we were raised that way, we were taught to do so. Now all we're being we're, we're being taught to do is is um you know. Given, we give and shall be given unto me, material blessings type of things. Which has its space but I would think in the New Testament I would say eighty twenty. New Testament blessing is it from scripture, eighty percent um spiritual blessings, twenty percent material. Hardly the Bible, Jesus doesn't talk about material blessings. In fact, it was when the disciples asked him a question and said, Okay, we have left all and we have followed the words our gain. He now said anybody that has left me will receive a hundredfold in houses and lands and in the world to come eternal life. He was he was pressed before he, he gave that question. But he freely talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are you when men shall persecute and persecute you, and they shall um, torment you for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. He kept. He was very effusive about the spiritual side of things, because that was what the New Testament came for. The Old Testament had already granted uh, material blessings, and for 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 the Bible to refer to the New Testament as a better covenant covenant based on better promises, like Hebrew said, is because from God's perspective, spiritual blessings are higher and better than material blessings, but that's not what we are hearing these days. That's not what we're hearing. And you know, for me, like I said, this is a reflection. I sometimes I wish this was more of a conversation so that I would like I would really like to hear what other people think. Am I the only one is like wait, you am like am I the only one seeing? what i'm saying here this, this is strange you know and i'm looking at the bible and i'm like no this is not it and like i said because i also lived in the time when in when of the revival that came the charismatic revival that came in the late 80s and early 90s i was a part of that revival of the late 80s and i know how we lived as christians now, everything is coming, God is bringing that time back, I had forgotten about it now comparing it with now I can clearly see that what we are doing now is not what we should be doing we were closer to the standard of the Bible, and when I say we are in the body of Christ in Nigeria as a whole both north and south, we were closer to the scriptural New Testament standard in the 80s and early 90s than we are now in fact, from democracy when prosperity came in the late 1990s till dates we have gone after other things and that is why in my view the church has become what it is today a place where people can hide evil people can come be comfortable and hide even take up leadership position but I would leave it at that We're a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvellous light I said this on the last museum yesterday and I said God is going to hold each and every one of us personally accountable if, if, if Christianity was not about personal accountability I wouldn't be this concerned about following the pattern of the Bible because then all I needed to do was hide behind the congregation and then I knew that you know, we, we all get our, you know, up plans, however it may be. But because God has said that every man will give account for his own works, and then I have to make sure that if I believe the Bible, the Bible is the standard by which I live my life. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lit and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.